Are we there yet? Uh, it's been the bane of many a car trip for weary parents, the tired plea of grumpy kids. Are we there yet? I remember uh, going to Nana and Pop's place for Christmas as a kid. They lived in Sydney. We lived uh, in Gilgandra and the trip there and back on those hot summer days uh, before we had air conditioning in our car, sitting on seats that got slippery with sweat. Uh, Mum and Dad would bring along some old cloths uh, on the trip and soak them in water and then somehow hang them in our car windows for the breeze to blow through them. That was our air conditioning. And I remember those long trips back home, roads that stretched on forever, time seeming to stand still, just wanting to be home. And with four boys in the car, uh, three in the back, one on the middle seat in the front in between mum and dad and the old falcon, I'm pretty sure it was my younger brother who would say, are we there yet? Are we there yet? We all just wanted to be home. Now, have you ever felt like that? Do you feel like that right now? I don't mean, you know, you just want me to sit down and shut up so you can go home. I mean, as a follower of the Lord Jesus, with the hope of eternal life planted deep within your heart by God himself, do you find yourself asking your heavenly father, are we there yet? Do you just want to go home? Our verses this morning point us forward to our resurrection hope so that we'll press on in following our Lord with all we've got to make sure we get there. So let's have a look. Uh, Hopefully you remember where we are in the book of Philippians. We're right bang in the middle of a section that's all about standing firm in the Lord from chapter 3 verse 1 through to chapter 4 verse 1. It's all about how to continue as followers of Christ. This week it's all about how what we really want is to go home. We're not there yet, and so we're doing all we can to make sure we do get there. We're pressing on toward eternal life. That's how we stand firm in Christ. So look at it there from verse 11. We haven't been resurrected yet. That means we press on towards it. Verse 11. And so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Uh, Here we're told that Paul pressed on. He hadn't yet attained from the the resurrection from the dead, and so he did what he could to get to eternal life. He pressed on to make sure he kept following Christ. And where to be like Paul in this? In verse 15, he will tell us to take the same view that he has on this. Uh, In verse 17, we'll be told to follow his example, where to press on to, where to make sure that we're following Christ until our dying breath. That's what we do as Christ people. And not just because we really want to get to eternal life. I mean, we know that life in the new creation will be far better than this life. We can't wait to have a life free from trouble and sadness and grief and mess and we're aching for sin to be removed from our hearts we're longing to be face to face with God it's a wonderful prize that God has in store for us but Paul has another reason why we press on a wonderfully rich reason that floods us with the confidence to know that we will make it we press on toward Christ because Christ has taken hold of us to get us there. 
Look at verse 12 with me again. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Christ Jesus has taken hold of us so that we'll make it to the resurrection from the dead. That's why we press on. There's actually a causal connection in verse 12, uh, and the ESV translates it better. It reads, But I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Do you see how it works? We press on doing what we can to get to eternal life because Christ Jesus has made us his own. He's taken hold of us to get us there. That's why we press on. We're a little bit like the kid uh, who's holding onto their parent's hand to cross the road. Well, that's what the kid thinks is happening, but the mum knows and the dad knows. Actually, what's happening is they're holding their child's hand. To make sure their child safely gets across the road, the parent takes hold of the child. And to see us safely to resurrection life, Christ Jesus has taken hold of us. Do you appreciate what we're reading here? The one who spun the stars into space. The one who's been raised from the dead to have all authority and power in all creation. Christ Jesus has taken hold of us to see us safely to resurrection life. This is why we press on in following Christ for eternal life because we have the assurance that he's taking us there. And so filled with this confidence... We give everything we have to be there at the end. Uh, When I was a kid, I grew up playing cricket, idolising players like Alan Border. And if I turned up to cricket one Saturday morning and someone said, Alan Border's come to play and he's going to be in your team, imagine the thrill. Seriously, the captain of the Australian cricket team, one of the best players in the world, and he's going to play in my under-12 team for the day? Now, how do you think I would play that game? Sit back, relax, not care, not try, because, you know, we've got Alan Border. We don't need to, you know, why do I need to do anything? What a waste that would be, wouldn't it? I would be so excited and I'd give it my all. Of course, we're going to win. You know, we've got Alan Border, but man, am I going to play my part? I'm playing cricket with the Australian captain. Brothers and sisters, we're living life with the Lord of the universe. So, man, are we going to play our part with the goal of the resurrection in front of us and with Christ himself having taken hold of us for it, the one thing we do is press on toward it. Look at verse 13. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. When you know the goal of the resurrection of the dead, when you know that eternal life is just a heartbeat away, and when you know the Lord Jesus has his arms around you to get you there, the one thing you do is press on to get there. Not distracted, not deterred. Out of everything else you could be doing, Here's the one thing you are doing, pressing on 
toward the goal of eternal life. And how do we do that? What does it look like? Paul's got three things about how we press on. And the first involves forgetting. Look at it there again in verse 13. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind. To press on, we need to forget what's behind. Now, what is it that's in the past? Well, Paul's already told us what's behind him. Back at the beginning of the chapter, Paul told us what he used to be like. He used to boast in himself. He used to have confidence in himself to make himself right with God. His life used to have no interest in the Lord Jesus whatsoever. That's what's behind him. His old life where Christ meant nothing. That's what he's forgetting. It's what we should be forgetting. Our old lives where we had no interest in Christ. We put that life aside. We forget what's behind us. We know Christ now. We love Christ now. We live for Christ now. He's taken hold of us. We're headed for the resurrection. And so we're forgetting our old lives where we paid Christ no attention. And instead, we're straining toward what's ahead. This is the second thing about how we're to press on. We strain, we strive, we give it our all. Verse 13 again. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on. It's the language of intense effort. Not cruising, not coasting but striving, pushing, straining. You have pinned all your hopes on Jesus and so you're holding nothing back, straining toward what's ahead. This is deliberately putting things in place in your life to make sure you're still following Jesus in five years' time and in ten years' time. It's making sure you're following Christ when it comes to put you in the grave time straining towards the goal of resurrection life. Businesses, uh, they come up with five and ten year plans to make sure that they don't go under. What are you doing to make sure you don't go under? Because it's not going to be just one thing. It's going to be all the little things that add up. All the little ways you treasure Christ far above anything else constantly doing so many things to be living for the resurrection so for example in order to keep greed from choking christ out of your life you find a way to save ten dollars a week and then at the end of the year you give that five hundred dollars away to some ministry like jenny it could be resurrecting your daily bible reading for yourself or with your family, to consistently have God telling you what your life's about and not just our advertisers. It's being willing to think about moving houses over to West Dubbo to be part of the church plant we're planning. It's sending your kids to the Christian camp when it clashes with the music or the sporting camp. It's volunteering for that kids' church 
class here on a Sunday morning. It's opening your home to encourage others in their following of Christ. It's spending time with your neighbour to uh, tell them about Jesus, looking for opportunities. It's making tough choices to eradicate that sin that lingers in your heart. It's seeking out help to manage your anger or your addictions. It's letting go of your lifelong dreams for retirement and instead working out how you can spend your last few remaining years seeking first Christ's kingdom. It's a thousand different things lived out each and every day. And now most of the examples I came up with, you don't have to do them. But seriously, why wouldn't we? We're striving, we're straining, pressing on toward our resurrection from the dead. We're not to flop into eternal life. We're to be running hard right to the end. And the last thing about how we're to be pressing on is that we're to be living up to what we do know, what we already know of Christ. It seems that there were some among the Philippians that were still coming to terms with all of this. And Paul knew that. He knew that different people were at different stages in their maturity in Christ and how much they knew of him and how much they knew of Christ's plans and what it all meant for us. But as Christians, we all know something of Christ. And so Paul urges us, the things you do know of him, let them shape you profoundly. So verse 15. All of us who are mature should take such a view of things... And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Paul's saying, look, take on board what I'm saying. If you think differently, God will show you over time. But at least for now, verse 16, only let us live up to what we have already attained. The things you do know of Christ, live up to them. What you do know of Christ... Be shaped by those things. And brothers and sisters, if all you know of Christ is what we've been looking at in Philippians chapter 3 over the last three weeks, if that's all you know of Jesus, you've still got plenty to live in line with, haven't you? Christ, the only one who can make us right with God. Christ, the only one who can make us safe with God. Christ, the one that we're being made to be like. Christ, the one who is so spectacular, he makes everything else seem like cow manure. Christ, the one who gives us the hope of the resurrection from the dead. Christ, the one who has taken hold of us to get us there. Friends, if that's all you know of Jesus, it's enough, isn't it? To see you press on toward the prize of eternal life. And most of you know much, much, much more than this of our glorious Lord Jesus. So let's live up to what we have already attained. God has in store for us the hope of the resurrection from the dead. Christ himself is taking us there. That's why we press on. Living for Christ with all we've got to make sure we stand firm in him. And in thinking through our pressing on today, our living now for our future in Christ, let me say a word to those of you who are well and then a word to those of you who are not so well. 
Because I think this language of pressing on and straining toward what's ahead, depending on how you are at the moment, I think I need to say some different things. So first, to the well. To those of you who are spiritually, physically, mentally doing okay at the moment, it's probably about three or four of us, okay? but to you, let me encourage you to not waste your energy. By the grace of God, you're well placed to be extremely productive and effective for Christ. There's much that you can be doing to be pressing on towards what's ahead. The world out there will try and get you to work hard for them, to enslave you to your work or to your mortgage or to get you to chase your dreams. And if you just go along with the tide, you'll find yourself pressing on towards the things of this life and not the life to come. So you have the headspace to think well, then think hard about what you're doing with your life. Don't just cruise. Be intentional about living for the future. You have the time and the energy to serve others and see them grow as followers of Christ. So make time for others. Help others live for Christ. We're always short of kids' church teachers. There's always people in our church, in our church family who are struggling with life. Get alongside them to see them stand firm in Christ right until the very end. In your wellness, throw yourself wholeheartedly into treasuring Christ and living for the resurrection. Do great things for the kingdom. Be brave and adventurous, bold and daring. Don't leave anything out. Give Christ your all. Secondly, a word to the not so well. And you might not be doing okay for any number of reasons. Maybe you struggle with mental health, the fastest growing health issue in our society. You'd be one among many here at church, and it just makes following Christ that much more complicated. Or perhaps you're, am I allowed to say it, you're old, and the body just doesn't let you do what it used to. Maybe you've got young kids. And the fog of constant parenting clouds your vision and day-to-day is more about survival than anything else. Maybe you have a physical condition or ailment and it's long-term and it's taxing. Maybe right now you're grieving. You've lost someone close to you and that's hard. It's a hole in your life and you just walk around feeling empty. There's any number of things that might be going on in your life. And for you, as we've looked at these verses, all about pressing on with vigor, straining towards the resurrection, living for Christ with all we have, to be honest, it's just filling you with dread and guilt and confusion. Well, first, let me say that these words are meant to be an encouragement to you. Struggling with depression doesn't change the fact that Christ has taken hold of you. Being old doesn't change the hope of being resurrected from the dead. Being in pain doesn't stop you from being one of God's children. 
not feeling close to God doesn't change the truth that in Christ you can't be closer to God. And so whatever it is that you're struggling with at the moment, hold on to God's word and believe what he says. And within the limitations of your life right now, live for Christ with all you've got. It's going to look different to those who are well. And that's okay. Our standing with God, it's, it's not based on what we do. We're simply wanting to live for Christ as much as we can with who we are at this time. So don't feel guilty because you can do less. But also, don't just throw in the towel and give up trying to live for Christ. You are who you are and the issues in your life are real. But in amongst all that, God's still working and Christ Jesus has taken hold of you. And so with what you can do, with who you are right now, strain towards the resurrection. Let's all press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus has taken hold of us. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that your son, the Lord Jesus, is worth it. Thank you that he is so glorious and so grand and so powerful. And thank you that he's taken hold of us. And Father, we pray that with who we are right now, in whatever circumstances we find ourselves, we pray that by your spirit and by your word, you would give us that conviction to live for Christ with all we have. Father, thank you that it doesn't depend on us, but upon your son. We simply want to live for him. And so we pray that you would help us, strengthen us. And Father, we pray that your son would come soon. And we ask it for his sake and in his name. Amen.